So I am going to be talking for a bit with Shantigarbha's input. Some of the points that we encountered as part of the Adistana Kula's work, there were two things that struck us quite strongly during our year last year. One was that we wanted to be able to do everything we could to resolve the past. So if there was anything we could do to move on difficulties, painfulness, misunderstandings, unethical behaviour from the past, we would do all we could to resolve those past issues. I think there was a strong wish in the order and movement to feel that everything that can be done has been done. But things do arise, problems will continue to arise and we'd also like to do work to see how we can get better at dealing with issues as they arise. So those were two aspects that came out of the Adistana Kula's year. Whatever disharmony there has been in the last 18 months, even if there are disagreements, it would be very, very good if we could work to re-establish trust and harmony where necessary in the order and movement. And there's a lot of work we can do to move in that direction. For example, we all need to be working on better self-awareness, stronger practice of ethics and confession <coughs> and forgiveness working in terms of transcending ego clinging, becoming more wise together. All our aspects of practice will help move in the direction of harmony. And there may also be approaches that we can test out that have been developed in the world outside of Tree Ratna. There's a lot of work being done these days in the area of mediation, restoration, conflict, that kind of thing. So there are things we can usefully learn from. And one of these approaches is the restorative approach. Some order members have already been working in the field of restorative work for some time. Shantigaba is one. And I was just hearing that he's been doing work with Israelis and Palestinians on the West Bank. So restorative work has quite a wide range of application. It's known as restorative justice when it's used in the criminal field. But the same principles can be used to work with conflict disharmony in many, many different ways. So then we refer to restorative <coughs> approach or restorative practice. For example, Jnana Siddhi, who drew the attention of the Adistana Kula to restorative work, works particularly with a Quaker organisation training school children, young kindergarten children, to learn how to resolve playground conflicts and they learn very quickly and effectively. It's something that can be used in almost any field. One way of looking at restorative work and contrasting it with what is quite prevalent in society today. We live in a society, a lot of us, which is about litigation, it's about trying to sue people whenever possible for as much money as possible. But generally speaking, we do have in some areas of modern society quite a punitive approach to wrongdoing and it can be summed up by wanting to know what rules have been broken, who did it and what do they deserve. We find ourselves falling back on that kind of approach if we're not careful. Restorative could be described as who has been hurt, what are their needs and whose responsibility is it to put it right. So 
It certainly does recognise if hurt has been done. It tries to get quite deeply under that hurt to find out what is needed to really, truly resolve the situation. And it also puts a lot of emphasis, as we're going to find, on the people who are actually involved in what happened. The theory in restorative work is they are the people primarily who can best learn from the situation and see if there is anything that can be done, anything that can be sorted out, put in place for the future, changed. It obviously resonates with us. It's a good dharmic fit. It's a much more compassionate approach. It's actually also a much more effective approach. In the UK, the UK government actually funds restorative work in prisons because it's the most effective way to work against re-offending. So there's actually government money being put into this. And it's not just a matter of mediation. It's not just a matter of trying to sort out communication. It's more significant than that. It's also not always possible. You can't just come along with a restorative wand and make everything all right. It may be possible to do restorative work. And a restorative trainer will have to take responsibility to see if they believe it is possible to have a restorative approach because it depends on the people involved in the situation being willing and able to be talked through, be helped through a process which may help them arrive at a point where they really want to understand, they really want to be honest, they really want to ask questions, explain themselves, come to a much deeper understanding and resolution and quite an openness to what might be the outcome. Could I add Yes, please. So, just as an example, a colleague of mine, Maria Arthur, is currently running a project in Dartmoor, which is a maximum security prison in the UK, to train restorative facilitators. She's actually secured funding from another body in order to do this, so it doesn't cost the prison anything. But it's gaining some traction, and it's quite remarkable that she's been able to get in there in the first place. So she's training these kind of restorative facilitators. So the prisoners can basically deal with their own conflict. There are trained people you can go to who can help facilitate conflict. The prison guards are very keen on it as well. They say, we don't mind, we'll be in the wing where we talk all day. You can be in the wing where people are rolling around on the floor all day fighting each other and kill each other. We'll be on the wing where we talk all day. There's a lovely story that we heard, which is in this work with children in playgrounds. They teach the whole school because it's good to create a context in which everyone has a general understanding of what the approach is. And then you can train particular people to actually be the monitors or go-to people. So in the kindergarten, in the playgrounds, some of the children, I think, wear little fluorescent jackets and they have a reminder instruction sheet around their neck. So they go into the playground and they're the ones. So if there's a problem in the playground, the kids go to them. But we were hearing stories about them when you go back a month or two later, they're really annoyed and fed up. And when you ask them why, the little monitors say, well, they're not coming to us anymore, they know how to do it. <laughs> so it is a kind of shift in approach. And kids seem to pick it up much quicker than adults. I think because they've got a lot less baggage, so they're able to pick up this approach much more quickly. The Adastanakula had said that we would call on outside help where appropriate and one of the people we were put in touch with is Janine Carroll who's the director of Restorative Now and Nyana Sidi introduced us to her, to Janine. 
And that was our first encounter with restorative process. And Janine visited us once and we liked what we heard and then we did a bit more with her and gradually we've pursued this. One of the things Janine explained to us from her point of view is that restorative work can work in two ways, as it were. It can either bring two people together who have a difficulty or have had some problem between the two of them, and they call that a conference, or you can bring a group of people together and you can do a group restorative process, which is referred to as a circle. And one of the things that we've done was to ask Janine to work directly in a conference way with the few men who are unhappy with their past sexual involvement with Banti. So in terms of issues from the past, we're also aware that there's a certain amount of lingering, maybe leftover hurt, upset views around some topics such as men and women, views about men and women, things about families, people having families or not and people being in sexual relationships or not. So there are other issues left over from the past that we can apply restorative work to, probably more likely in a sense of circles. Shantigaba has already been doing some of this work, working with people in a centre that had great difficulties some years ago, and working with people who were involved in that centre then. Do you want to say anything about that? Yeah, so I got involved with the Croydon Buddhist Centre a long, long time ago. So I'm familiar with some of the things, some of the issues that people still struggle with. And we knew that there had been a request for some kind of restorative approach with the Croydon Buddhist Centre. And on the combined order weekend last August at uh, Adistana, one of the key people came up to me and he said, Actually, I think we had a conversation. I said, do you want to do something here? So, anyway, we had an impromptu circle with whoever we could find from that era in Croydon, which was about 10 or 12 people in a tent. And we had a very fruitful discussion. So, anyway, we just made a start, really, in terms of giving some space for people to talk about their experience with people who knew what it was like with people who had some understanding of what they're talking about. So we made start and then in the afternoon the group continued and then out of that we're going to have a meeting in Croydon at the Croydon Buddhist Centre sometime in the summer and an online call for those who can't make the face-to-face -face meeting. So we're basically just sort of following up with what we can with the people who want to be involved, who still have something left over that they want to address. So, as well as asking Janine to be involved directly in some respects, we've also asked her to undertake some training with us. And the first training we did was a day with the President's meeting. It seemed helpful. The Presidents do sometimes get called on to help with conflict in their centres, so that was a good place to start. And the Presidents really appreciated the training, and ten of us went ahead and did another two days with Janine. So we now have 10 presidents who have completed the basic training, although they certainly need more experience and more practice. There's been further interest, so the ECA have also just done a one-day workshop with Janine, and there's another workshop happening, I think, pretty soon or while we're here, for more people who are interested. And the regional order conveners, men and women regional order conveners yeah. in March, April. We've also formed a group of us, there are four of us, Shantigarbha, myself, Shantiprabha and Yanasiddhi, who formed a coordinating group who are going to monitor our experience and our progress with this work. 
But I think it will be helpful to have a general sense of what is possible and to have some people who are trained who can be available to help, if appropriate, because restorative work won't always be the best thing to do in a situation and it won't always be possible, but it is one possibility. I'm going to describe one more aspect of restorative work which is quite key, it's qualitative. This is referred to as the quadrant. Typically there are four different ways we can try to get involved when there's been a difficulty. So one of the first ones is called two and what happens when you have a two approach is it's directive and it's authoritative. You come into a problem area and you work out what they should do. You tell them what they should do, you sort it out, sorted. So it's directive and it's kind of authoritarian. So that's one way of dealing with a problem. Do this, do that, sorted. Can you think of another kind of way of trying to sort things out? With. So what would with be about? Sharing consultation is probably a good way of putting that. Involvement. Whose involvement? People the people affected. So it's kind of empowering. I'm making these words up, they're not official. But you get the sense of, you can come in, you can be helpful, but what you're doing is adding to the situation in such a way that it helps the people. You're in there with them and you're helping them work out how they might resolve the problem. So that is actually the star. We've leapt ahead, so that is the restorative approach. Can you think of any other ways in which you might try to help? There is one actually called not. So not is just you see something happening and you think, not my problem. Okay? Or you say, go and sort it out yourselves or something like that. What's the way of calling this? Dismissive. It's dismissive, yes. Avoiding. It's avoiding. It's like, I've had it with you. Just sort it out yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, there is one more option. Anyone who doesn't know what the answer is, anyone hazard a guess as to what it might be? Four. So four is where you take over the problem. You say, oh, don't worry, don't you worry, I'll sort it out. I'll do it, I'll sort it out. So you completely take away from the people and you completely take it upon yourself. And there's probably ways of saying that. It's disempowering. It's a bit patronising, actually, all these nasty words. It's rough and ready, but it has a sense that there are these different ways of engaging or not engaging in trying to be helpful. And the stress is put on this one as being the most effective, the most empowering, the most collaborative, is another way of putting it. And this is the one that we're going to try to do. One of the things I've discovered is that sometimes one way of looking at it is the other three often seem faster. They seem simpler and they seem tempting because they're quick fixes. Either you just avoid it, you walk around it, you sort it out, you tell them what to do or you take it on yourself. Restorative work does take a bit more time putting into it but it's time well invested because you tend to get a much more effective and holding and suitable outcome. So that's the aim.